Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby, and this is the H&J Daily Podcast. It was a bit of a strange show today. We had a lot of technical gremlins back in the studio in central London. In fact, we could only complete two hours of the show uh, to allow them to reset the system so Goffey and Adrian could bring you drive at four. But uh, we've still got a few bits uh, we'd like you to hear again. They included our old friend Dom Holland, Spider-Man's dad, comedian and author in lockdown. He uh, shared a few stories with us. Uh, we heard from uh, Dance Again, Striker, the fantastic series, Steve Bruce's Murder Mystery. We had a bit of a chat at the top of the show um, and Stuart Pike, the commentator, told us how he's gone viral. So uh, here it all is. We hope you enjoy it. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And uh, yes, I'll, I'll venture to keep going as long as I can. But it is a bit tricky when you keep dropping off. But uh, first, I'll start with Liverpool, actually. And they've been forced into, as we know, a humiliating U-turn, Charlie White tells us, on their decision to furlough 200 non-playing staff. This is the bit that got me. Club owners, FSG and CEO Peter Moore were taken aback by the massive backlash. Were they really taken aback? They can't have yeah. been, could they? <laughs> That's not their words, to be fair. It's the words of a journalist. But uh, we did yeah. sort of... Um, we did, we did put it out there yesterday. We were speaking to Henry Winter, and we did say at the end of our chat with him, do you think there could be a bit of a reverse ferret here? Now the pressure, of course, builds on Tottenham. It's interesting that the pressure's building on. doesn't seem to be massively building on Newcastle, a big club in their own right. Everybody's cutting Bournemouth and others a little bit, Norwich a bit of slack, as Henry was yesterday. But um, there's now an expectation. Gary Lineker saying, come on, Spurs official. The, the supporters trust are trying to put the screws on. Ramon Vega, I saw today, saying, come on, Spurs, do the right thing. But I don't think old Daniel's for turning at the moment, certainly. He's not a man that normally reacts like that to uh, public pressure, does he? So, And he doesn't seem to care about the PR side of it. So it looks like... Uh, they, well, that's they one of my neighbours saw him out shopping uh, a little bit earlier on. He was in good spirits, apparently, Daniel. Well, so, uh, he's jolly, been very, been very nice, nice and very friendly. But uh, then again, <laughs> oh, the person who met him doesn't work for him. <laughs> that's very true. And, uh, of course, everybody's got a different way of dealing with the lockdown. And uh, I enjoyed this one in the uh, Star Texters today, uh, this chat said, mm. uh, I'm classed as high risk, so I'm stuck inside for 12 weeks. Thank goodness I've got my Daily Star page three and you lovely texters to cheer me up. What about food? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's an yeah, important uh, list of priorities. Did you see that story, the the uh, star players ogling the strippers yesterday? Um, I thought it was, a bit, it was a bit of a strange story. I don't, know, I don't know where they got it from or how they all knew that mm. it was going on, really. I suppose they had some sort. But I've noticed that footballers are a bit like sheep. They've all got, have you seen the pictures? They've all got that same sort of handset. 
So like they all wear Givenchy hoodies and they all wear their hands. It's like a sort of code that they it must be a magazine that comes out and says, this is what we're all doing this month. But I don't know. Anyway, that's good for them. And there um, was there was a magazine, Andy, wasn't it? Don't you remember? There was a magazine that was just a kind of high end footballers magazine that existed for a mm. while full of. How to wrap your car and um, Louis Vuitton wash bags and 50 grand watches, but I, I, I think it's gone. I, I don't think it quite lasted the cut, really. It was quite, quite a limited appeal, really. I watched last night a very tasty game uh, between Spurs and Chelsea, 2001-2002. It was Teddy Sheringham's uh, return game, his debut return for Spurs. He scored twice. Yeah. 2-2 Chelsea scored. They won at the end, 3-2 Desai with a late winner. And uh, it was an ill-tempered game, actually. So, uh, but quite enjoyable. And uh, <laughs> Steve Dunn, these old refs, when they watch these games, they must cringe because Jimmy Floyd has to make, I don't know if you remember the game, but he goes through, it's 1-1. Ledley goes to challenge him. He doesn't get remember, anywhere he dives. near. It's <laughs> absolutely a dive. But then, and he, he appeals. I still get annoyed about it. Don't wind me up. I'm right in front. And he falls yeah. over his own feet like normal wisdom. And he appeals for a penalty. And the dolt gives him a penalty. 08717 double. There's never a penalty. There's but then on the other hand, then he did a real makeup call about sort of 10 minutes later. Lamps, Frank Lampard went through. Clear penalty there by uh, Ledley King, a definite foul. And Steve decided, oh, no, I'll, I'll leave that one. <laughs> it was a brilliant makeup yeah. decision. But uh, <laughs> what, what can you do? Then I decided to watch, um, I don't know, because I can't remember the result. It, it's sometimes a bit annoying. So I decided to watch day five of the 1986 test in Australia, the Ashes test. And, of course, we lost. So that wasn't great. <laughs> Get to the end oh, of it. Dear. Earth did I watch this for? And then, though, <laughs> happy birthday today to uh, James Buster Douglas. Uh, you'll remember him, of course, the former heavyweight champion. Biggest upset yeah. in the history of heavyweight boxing. I caught a, funnily enough, by coincidence, a 30 for 30 last night. 42 for 1, it's called. I think it might be a new one. Mm. It's absolutely fascinating. 42 for 1 being the odds that Douglas was. There was one guy, one bookmaker in Vegas. No one wanted to bet on Douglas, but he thought, I'll open a book on him. And eventually, he did manage to get some people. One bloke bet $1,600 on Tyson to win at 42 for, to 1. And, and, and this whole tale is told from the Douglas point of view. And you realize, actually, that he was very fit going into the fight. And he had a plan. He had a good plan. And so, it, though it seems like the biggest surprise ever, when you actually watch it, it's, it's quite a fascinating one. So, I recommend that. And uh, yeah, yeah, I've, I've got you, it, I've like got it down low. I've not watched it yet. It does, it does look very good. So, uh, thank you for the recommendation. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Joining us now is a comedian, author, Brentford fan, golfer, Spider-Man's dad. It is our old friend Dominic Holland. <laughs> good afternoon, Dom. Hello, both. How are we, lads? Not, yeah, too, we're not bad. too bad. We're not too bad. So, uh, how how are you uh, holding up uh, at the I'm moment? I'm locked down. I am locked down. I'm not being one actually. So. Uh, oh right. Well, I'm all right. You know, I'm, I've. I, you know, no one knows, do they? No one knows if they've had it. So, no, that's right. What were they? Did no. you have all the classic symptoms, or just some of them? Well, I had a sort of cold for about two, you know two weeks, and mm. I'm, I very very rarely get a cold. So. I haven't been going out. I'm sort of sitting in getting fat, hairy and skint. <laughs> that sounds like a Channel 5 9 o'clock show, that does, fat hairy. <laughs> Write that down somewhere and try and get it away after lockdown. I think that could, well, you could see you. that, couldn't you? I'm very much available for hire. I mean, I did get a phone call from a <laughs> streaming company and they said, Dominic, would you be able to do 
a live stand-up show. And I said, how does it work? And he said, well, what it is is that people from around the country and around the place that they'd log in, they'd watch you stand up. And I said, well, how's it going to work with the audience? And they said, well, there'll be no reaction. I said, that is not a problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is not a problem. I've been, I'm used to that over the years, lads. Um, yeah. But no, it's not been easy for everyone. Um, been locked down, not been out. Luckily, I've got a dog, so I can, you know, take the dog to the park, and I'm doing that, And but not speaking to anyone who I know. I mean, I'm doing that. I walked around the park today, about four metres apart from a mate who happened to be in the park at the same time. So, very strange times. Difficult times, Dominic. And But you have got sort of two strings to your bow, at least, haven't you? I mean, you've got your stand-up. You also, you, you write, you write books. So have, you, have you felt inclined to write? If you've not been well, of course, then you probably haven't. Well, I, I am trying to start a new novel, um, Andy, but I haven't had the... I, I don't know how other people feel. Now that this is going on, it feels everything's suppressed and, and I'm finding it hard to get motivated to do anything, which is crazy because all my income's completely gone. So I have, I, have edited the new, I have edited a novel. I spoke to um, Paul when I last came on your show. I've just finished it. It's called The Fruit Bowl, and I'm going to put that out as a digital download. So I have been doing that. But I would love to get my teeth into a new project because if you if you are normally going out doing gigs and you're not able to do that, you certainly feel. I mean, I've got a blog which is well read, so I can do the blog. But I'd love to have a new project, Andy, and, and I'm just, just trying to figure out a story in my head that's worth telling, worth people's time to read. You know. Um, sure. Dominic, it's it's interesting. A lot of people have been saying, you know, lockdown will give me the chance to do this, it'll give me a chance to write that book, as you say, to do this. Mm. But the trouble is you don't necessarily feel, I think in a lot of cases, in the right frame of mind to do that. You know, I mean, look, I mean, who knows? From adversity could could come yeah. a great work, but it doesn't, it's, your mindset isn't always completely tuned in to do something like that. Certainly, I, that's how I'm finding it. I mean, I'm, I'm getting through the day... Um, and in the evening, I'm spending my di- my time with Joey Exotic at the moment, which is not very really good for mental health. Um, but what I, what, what's so extraordinary to me is that my wife's on the phone all day. All of her mates on Zoom, and they're all on the phone having chats. And I'm in the garden today, and my son came running out and said, Dad, you've got a phone call. And I was like, have I? I was really, I was really shocked. I was like, really? And I picked the phone up. Hey, it's Talk Sport. Can you come on? I went, yeah. I really Thank you. Can. Like Thank you. Come on, guys. I mean, I like, I like you both. I'd rather see you in the flesh. Um, but so, so in that respect, for me to get a phone call and go, oh, it, it, it's such a sort of surreal experience. And I, if you are going to write a novel, I've always said to you guys, my books. It's all about having a story worth people's time to read. Mm. And what I wouldn't be able to do is write a book that's just not worth it. So until I've got a story that I can get my teeth into and worth, worth writing. But I am trying. And, but I always find if you force creativity, it normally, it normally lets you down. So it has mm. to just occur. And I'm, it will occur. And we will come through this. But I think with Johnson getting on so unwell and now being in intensive care, it's really concentrated everyone's minds. Um, yeah, and the, the invincibility, which I think we all feel, has been really shuddered for people. You know, yeah. 
it, it has them. And, of course, you've got children of a certain age, and your, your eldest boy is a very successful actor. And uh, I don't know if you're finding this, but I'm finding that my kids now have become almost like the parents. They're so worried about us. And they're so... They're last night, I had this whole thing. They don't want us to go out even to do any shopping. Or they, yeah. They're really... I mean, it's nice. They are really concerned. I don't know if you're finding the same thing. Well, I'm sad to tell you, Andy, I'm not finding that at all. That's <laughs> that. um, well, you're not as old as me. But looking at the house, thinking, actually, we could have this. Um, <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'll tell you what it is with me, though, in, in, the, in the house, Andy. The idea of doing a live gig is how impotent I am when it comes to the Zoom and the, the, the technologies and what have you. So I am entirely deferring to my kids. I mean, I used to do some stand-up, but I couldn't actually turn on my television. I think you saw that show in Edinburgh, Andy. I actually yeah. constantly have to ask my kids if I can watch telly, because they put the thing on for me, and they're like, well, have you tidied your room? Um, so I, I, do find, I do find myself, I'm 52, but you'd be... Uh, I mean, I'm not a Luddite. I, don't, I, do, I do try and embrace things, but I, I'm certainly not proficient. And so anything that I, I need to do involving the internet and stuff... I have to get them to help me enormously. If they're out, well, they're not out, but, you know, I do I do need them around. So, and obviously not working, you know, you kind of lose your kudos, don't you? If, you're, if your dad is not working, then the kids look at you like, Phew, this guy's a loser. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I'm sure they don't. Now, Dom, you can probably stand up a story that was in today's papers. The story, let me outline yeah. what the story was. Your eldest lad, uh, Tom, the actor, of course, yeah. Spider-Man, Avengers, etc., yeah. was um, out shopping, and uh, he went to Waitrose. Other supermarkets, of course, are available. <laughs> and he didn't have a pound for the trolley. And there was a homeless, <laughs> homeless guy was there and said, uh, look, take, take my pound. It's not a problem. Get yourself a trolley. Um, and so Tom took his pound, thanked him, was so moved that this man had given him a quid that uh, he went back to him with his quid and a hundred pounds for his trouble. Now, is that is that unfolded in the Holland household? Is that is that right? Is that in the papers? That it's in the, the papers. papers. It's made, yeah, it's it made the sun today. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, it was that story was about ten days old. And right. It's a funny story right. because a lady wrote it on a Facebook page locally to where we live, mm. and the story was was that she had she'd given the homeless person a, a can of Coke. He'd asked for a can of Coke. Yeah. And he said, I've just given a quid to a kid for his mm. trolley. Right. And he looked like, he looked like Spider-Man. Mm. <laughs> and everyone knows he lives in the area. And, and she said, but are you sure? She said, yeah, he looked like the kid who plays Spider-Man. Anyway, so she's sort of, I don't know, getting her stuff in, stuff in the car. And then Tom came out with his, with his, his food and what have you, and he gave the lad his pound back. And he mm. gave the boy... Some, some something, and yeah. she she it looked like a hundred quid. Anyway, she wrote it up on Facebook, and it sort of went around our area. So I called Tom up and said, "Hey Tom, have you seen this on Facebook?" And uh, it, it, it was Tom, but it was it was uh, fifty quid, not hundred quid. How much? So, <laughs> so yeah, so so I said to Tom, "We, we sorry, we lost you there, Dom. I don't think the audio. How much you say it was?" It was 50 quid. Tom gave the guy... Oh, I st I st oh. still pretty still nice. good. Um, yeah. But I said to Tom, I'm going to make sure this goes viral. <laughs> and I'm going to say it's a grand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've let you down they've, by going 100 no, Tom, quid. Yeah, Tom did do that, and I was very... Mm. It was a nice, nice little gesture. But it's a funny yeah. thing. You do, things, you do things off your own bat, and because of the internet, because of people putting... Mm. And now here we are on national radio, and it's in a national newspaper, but it was 50 quid, not 100 quid. <clears throat> 
Okay. Terrible. Well, that's nice. It's still a nice story. It's still a nice thing be to do. Criticised tomorrow for only doing fifty quid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll be tomorrow's story. <laughs> He's a very it's well hard, though. boy. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about being you're talking about being shut down from doing stand up and gigs and corporates yeah. and stuff you had lined up. I don't know if he was halfway through a project or he had a film to be going to do, but obviously that would have been shut down as well, wouldn't it? Absolutely, and I just spoke to him this morning, actually, about because he was supposed to be in Berlin making a movie with Mark Wahlberg called um, Uncharted, and it was about to start mm. filming. I think PP was about to happen when the whole thing kicked off. I was in Dubai doing some gigs. I managed to get back from Dubai. Tom was in Berlin about to start filming, just for, finished rehearsing with Mark, and that's been kiboshed, and so he's back in London, and uh, I don't know when Germany opens, and then he's got Spider-Man 3 to make, which is going to be in the States, and, and they've got... a these big movies you see, we, if I have a gig cancelled, then so what? The gig might take place next year. But yeah. with a movie, you have a release date. And that's how these mm. films are. It's very, very scheduled ahead. And so if you've got a release date, they buy these dates way in advance. And that's a very big, important deadline for the studio to be ready. And so with Spider-Man 3, for example, I don't know when the release date is, but they'll have to try and make that movie in time to make that date. And these are very, very, you know, long protracted lead times yeah and so everything's been kiboshed and so they'll be moving heaven and earth to get these things up and running i'm sure but tom is actually yeah just twiddling his thumbs and borrowing pounds from homeless people at the moment <laughs> sorry <laughs> we're doing, a, uh, we're just, after you, Claude. We're, basically we're on the house party dom i'll explain what's going on i'm pointing at andy when he's ready to go he said he had a question but that was up I he's obviously forgotten it memory yeah, of a goldfish very, very uh, harsh I, yeah 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 i have actually because andy and i have talked a lot about re, re, reliving bits of old sport and going back have yeah. you been have you been soaking a bit of old sport up getting you know nostalgic just this morning, I watched uh, the miracle at Medina uh, with the oh, yeah, yeah. with the remarkable Ian Poulter and Sam and I, my son Sam, we were just remarking because we were so lucky. We last year, a couple of years ago, we went out to Hawaii because Tom was invited out to the Sony Open to because uh, Sony makes Spider Man, so we went out to see the Sony Open take place, and we were so fortunate. We were sitting having breakfast, and who walks in but, but Ian Poulter? Well, I'm a huge fan of because I, I just admire the guy's fortitude and the way he backs himself. Mm, yeah, he's not as blessed as, as say, Justin Rose or, or even mates I've got who are professional golfers, but he's a brilliant head head exponent and produces fantastic output for what he does and how he played in that five birdies in a row. And Sam and I were joking. So when he sat down, I introduced myself. I said, hi, I'm Dom Holland. I'm, I'm Tom's dad. And I said, I was talking how he carried Rory round Medina and got four birdies in a row. And Ian, quick as a flash, went five. And we were like, oh, <laughs> blind, yeah. Five birdies in a row in America in the Ryder Cup when Rory McIlroy wasn't playing well that day. An extraordinary, um, extraordinary performance. And, and that, that was just an amazing victory. So, yeah, I just watched that. Just watched that this morning. And it's great fun to have, to have YouTube and to see these sort of things. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry shampoo, Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. We spoke to Clive Tildesley uh, a week or so ago about how he was coping in lockdown. He was commentating on his, uh, his wife mm. in the kitchen, and in the end he was doing cover versions of Stormzy songs. And... <laughs> Uh, fellow uh, commentator uh, Stuart Pike has been doing a very, very similar thing. Uh, he has been basically looking out of his front window and keeping his uh, comedy chops in check. Let's give you uh, an example of his uh, work. The return of man with a mic and still no sign of the mystery man over the road. Still all quiet here on the pastures, but it's been an awful day. It's been a disastrous day. One of our tonic caramel wafers is missing. I saw them all out, only five came back. But wait a minute, wait a minute, what's this, what's this? There it is, there it is, the missing tonic caramel wafer. Can we get it in time for dinner? I'll keep you posted. Other biscuits, of course, are available. <laughs> it's <good. laughs> it's feeling all a little bit like Castaway, not just for Stuart, but for other people as well. Stuart joins us now. Hi, Stuart. Yeah, I'm here, thanks for the build-up. I'm standing at my bedroom window, ready and poised. Right, Beautiful. are you going to do a live? Are you going to do a live man with a mic? Well, I could do, I could do because at the moment, opposite, it's a, uh, it looks like a Ford Transit. Uh, it's just pulling out. Oh, <laughs> steering away. We're on the pastures. We're on the pastures. <laughs> it's going to turn right or left. It's turning left. It turns in the opposite direction. It's post the path in his west van. Terrific excitement here on the pastures. Well, it's very exciting. Has, have, have these been cathartic, you think, Stuart, doing these little um, social media videos? Well, I think so. I think, like, the, the, everybody uh, who's having to stay in, um, it's just the boredom factor, isn't it? I mean, quite, quite obviously, uh, no sport, so no need for, for sports commentators. And it just started out as a little bit of fun. Uh, and then the, the actual interest, it went viral on social media, on Twitter, uh, and people were asking for more. And it, it just seemed like the, the right thing to do, to put a put a smile on, on people's faces and, and here we are a couple of weeks later I think uh, all the, the little videos I've done on Twitter with, with man with a mic have had over a quarter of a million views so uh, oh, it's just, it, it, it just, it's just basically a bit of fun but, but people are enjoying it that's yeah, I think, I think we all need a bit of a... I mean, as much as you need a diversion doing it, everybody needs a little bit of fun of a bit of diversion in the, in these times, I think. 
Yeah, absolutely. I say that the, 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 the main reason for doing it was just to try and put a, a smile on people's faces. You know, the fact that I get a really good reaction on Twitter to pulling them up, and you know, people are enjoying them. Then it just makes it worthwhile. You know, um, you know, even, even my wife's forgiven me. I, I, I did a man with a mic with her uh, last week mowing the lawn, and she was really annoyed with me because she, because I was serving her, and, and she had she hadn't put her makeup on. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I was I was in all sorts of trouble, but yeah, it's just a, it's just literally a bit of fun. Uh, and, uh, over the road, uh, a good friend of mine. I cannot reveal his identity. He is a top professional sportsman uh, right. who lives opposite Ooh. me on the pastures. Uh, um, we had a joke with him because I caught him mowing his lawn, but we didn't know who he was. So we, he became mystery man with a mower. <laughs> Uh, and I caught I caught him on today's episode just as mystery man, but just as I was about to reveal him, he put a cap on and ran off. Uh, oh. So we still we still don't know who he is. Oh. You you yeah. know who he is though, don't you? I know who he is. Yes, yeah. I think I, I, I could be in big trouble. I think I think he'd be selling the lawyers in mm. if I reveal his identity. Now you come down football and darts uh, and rugby league, and I want to imagine rugby league is the sport you're probably most concerned about for the future of post yeah, uh, the virus. It's, yeah, it's yeah. some worrying times for the game, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, it is. I mean, it's good to hear that the stories coming out in the last 24 hours that Sky have, 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 have paid their next tranche of money uh, up until the end of June. But yeah, it, it must be difficult. Clubs are putting staff on furloughs, and it, it always has been. You know, a, a hand-to-mouth existence of basically the Sky TV money, uh, of which it's around about one point eight to two million pounds per year, and that is one point eight million is the salary cap, so that's per club, uh, and that keeps the club ticking over. Um, but you, you you think of all the the lost revenue uh, in gate receipts, in functions, in uh, merchandising, hospitality, and all the rest of it. I mean, they're desperately trying to find a way. Uh, of, of, of getting back on the field. I can't see anything happening uh, before June, uh, to be honest, at, at the very earliest. And don't forget the Challenge Cup final, which has been played in August, at the end of August, the August Bank Holiday weekend for the last, I don't know how many years, is now going to be moved forward to July. That might have to go. Wembley might not be available. Uh, the Grand Final is scheduled for the second weekend in October. There's all sorts of scenarios, but I think they just want to try and get get you know the players back on the field it may well have to be they play three games a week and i do know the rugby league are in uh high level talks with the government uh to try and uh, provide some financial help for the sport yes and we were reminded on saturday afternoon how much a part of the sporting tableau rugby league is because the bbc had their sort of rugby league challenge cup classics i really enjoyed it it was great to hear eddie wearing again and some of the great games and and Hull versus Wigan in 1985, I noted one player cost 750 quid, John Ferguson from Australia. So you see times have changed quite a lot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think the thing is as well with rugby league, it's very much part of the community. Um, you know, where yeah, I live, mm. um, in, in St Helens, there's Pilkington Glass, um, which is, mm. is one of the most famous glass manufacturers in the world. Uh, and the St Helens Rugby League, you know, and it is the heart of the community. And I think that the same could be said for lots of uh, rugby league uh, towns and teams, the likes of Wakefield and, uh, and Castleford. Um, you know, these are these are small towns or cities, small communities, but very much the rugby league uh, club is, is, is the pin uh, of the community. Um, and I think it's when you go lower down the scale as well, you look at the, in rugby league terms at the championship uh, and then league one, 
Um, I mean, where on earth are they going to get the money from? I mean, they really are living on a week-to-week basis. Um, and it would be very sad, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if we saw some clubs go through the wall, unfortunately. Yeah, that's a, it's a worry. And just going back to what you were saying there, I mean, Brian McDermott is a um, Toronto coach. Uh, he's saying if they are going to play three games a week, he's talking about 60-minute matches. So everybody's looking to kind of to bend the rules a bit and sort of mess with the laws a bit at the moment to get these games played to actually shorten the matches. As he said, players are going to be in the red zone and uh, it's going to be really difficult for them to play, you know, hard rugby league four matches if they have before. Yeah, I think so. Um, what, what Brian was talking about does make some sort of sense. Looking at, mm. uh, at 15, 15 minute quarters rather than two forty minute halves, but um, I think the, the you know the broadcasters will, will have some say in that as well. Uh, I'm sure the players' union uh, will have some say in that as well. Uh, but I, 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 I can't honestly see that happening. I think the main worry would be that there'd be no, if you like, pre-season. Uh, and all the players will have to start cold, and that would be the concern when it comes to, to picking up injuries and sometimes certain injuries or major injuries, I should say. And, uh, I honestly think that if they do come back, uh, it'll be as was with two 40-minute halves. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Have you lost me, Andy, or is there a problem? No, no, it's, it's like doing because it's like doing the show with Norman Collier. You keep breaking oh, right. that in mid-sentence, but it's fine. No, we we got most of that, so that's fine. Okay, good. All All right, then. Well, um, Motti joins us to pay tribute to Raddy Antic. He commentated on Raddy's greatest moment in English football. Raddy sadly died yesterday, the former Barca, Real Madrid, and Atletico manager. Um, Well, also, as Andy was said, the man who's scaling all the peaks of the UK via his stairs in lockdown. And we're in Brazil to meet an amazing man in one of the favelas, one of the uh, shanty towns of Brazil back in 2014. Before that, though, Andy, um, Son Heung-min has gone to uh, Korea, and uh, he's doing his national service. And, uh, he is, and, Andy, uh, yeah. yeah. Go uh, on, can you back. hear me? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> yeah. You're now actually, you're now actually <laughs> picking up my sentences when I'm there. <laughs> now you've gone again now. This is fantastic. Really? Yeah, now you're back now. Now gone again. <laughs> it's fantastic. And welcome to <laughs> Paul Hawkes' One Word Every Five Minutes. I'm back. Committee. I'll do the chicken next and wind it down the window. I'll do the whole of Norman's act. Anyway, I'll carry on. Just I know. Yeah, gone again. Uh, yeah, still gone. <laughs> still talking about oh. Son Min. <laughs> yes, you're going to. Who's Son Min? Try. Where's the Hyung gun? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Look, this is hard. I'm doing my bit, your bit, other bits. It's quite hard for me. Especially as I'm completely incompetent. Can I say, welcome back to our old friend Ali Ross. It's so good to see him back after he had a touch of the virus. Well, more than a touch. He wasn't well at all. But his column was back this week and it was really enjoyable. Uh, he was in no yeah. less tren- trenchant form where he took Steph McGovern's new show to task. He says, uh, had you thought day two was going to improve things, you probably banished those thoughts when Steph began with her own epitaph. If you tuned in yesterday, you'll know this is the show that isn't meant to be on yet. Or any other day, says Ali, for that matter. Although Tuesday's episode was a technical cracker and climax when someone rang Steph's doorbell mid-episode. We never did find out who, but I'm willing to bet good money it wasn't BAFTA. <laughs> she was pretty hard. Um, okay, but uh, Andy, if you want to keep... And can, you, can you hear me, Andy, at the moment? I can, can now, yes. 
I'm yes. going to dial off and try and move on to a superior line. So if you can hold the phone oh, for about okay. the next 30 seconds, I could come back in glorious <laughs> Technicolor. So oh, yeah. if I don't see you again, all the best for the next um, hour and three quarters, and I'll see you on the other side. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, right, it's time now, while Paul does this, we're going to take advantage of this uh, slight technical break to get, uh, I can't remember what episode it is, probably about episode eight or something. Oh, first it's previously on Striker, that's right. So here's uh, Steve Bruce stroke dance with what's happened so far. Has Pat Duffy gone out? I asked the girl on reception. He wasn't there. I went down to the locker room. Young Pat Duffy was stretched out on the floor in a pool of blood. I went over and pulled the knife from his back. That's how it was when Carberry came in. One minute, I'm in the locker room with the dead boy, and the next thing... I'm in my office, on the set he dazed. Right then, Carberry entered. I phoned the fuzz, he said. What's this all about, Eddie? I asked. Will you tell me, Steve, he said. You're the man in charge. Well, that's exciting, isn't it? So here is today's episode. Let me tell you about Eddie Carberry. Some of you will remember he used to play for Brightsford. Brightsford? Is that even a... Oh, I don't know. And several other lesser clubs. He was a midfield player. He was never going to be a world beater. was never going to win a national cap. Not that there's anything wrong in that. Many play football for a living, but few can expect to be chosen for the national side. He spent three years in the army. Not a fashionable regiment, by all accounts, but... He was chosen, nevertheless, to represent the army at soccer. He also spent time on duties in Northern Ireland, and that was no easy posting when the troubles were at their height. I remember seeing Eddie described as a good clubman. That's meant to indicate solid worth rather than flash and talent. For every artist in soccer, yeah, I've used the word soccer against football, there are a dozen or so artisans for every artist. I count myself as an artisan. As a defender, my job was always to stop the other guys from scoring goals, to stop an attack, and then turn defence to attack. Many goals are scored when a team counter-attacks straight from defence. Eddie Carberry played for 12 teams before he finally moved into coaching in his late 30s. Some players stick with one club all their lives. Tom Finney of Preston North End and Nat Lofthouse of Borden Wanderers come to mind. Hey, so suddenly I'm using real players and real teams. What's going on there? Those players are few. Even the great Stanley Matthews, there's another one, play for both Blackpool and Stoke. The usual pattern for those in the highest divisions is to drop down a notch or two as the advancing years take their toll of muscles and wind. I've played for six clubs, though at the last two, Threshfield and Leddesford, it has been as player-manager. It was earlier this year in September that I finally and reluctantly hung up my boots. It wasn't easy, but it was necessary. I understand how Eddie must have felt. There's a, a thrill, a buzz in turning out every week and putting into practice the routines learned and repeated on the training ground. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. We're now going to take you back to 2014 and the Brazil World Cup and a little 
trip within a trip when we headed off uh, into the hills, into the favelas to meet an amazing man. We uh, headed up to uh, to Boris Bastos uh, favela uh, and met uh, Bob Nadkarni from the maze. It's uh, a fantastic hotel and uh, a jazz club as well yeah. on the first uh, Saturday of uh, every week. And uh, amazing story the guy's got. We started by asking Bob about the history of the place. When I first came here, this was uh, just uh, what was left of an abandoned farm, about 400 people living in houses on stilts, and I started building this place. And I've been building it for 33 years now, and uh, it's got bigger and moved outwards and upwards, and uh, as you say, it's got this amazing view over Rio, which is an amazing place anyway, with its sort of lovely switchback hills and mountains. So we look over the whole of the bay out here, and where the sun rises up and spills over like fresh orange juice every morning into the sea. Uh, it's, it's one of the most beautiful places to be in the world. And, uh, you know, it's weirdly the only sort of geographical place which might be like it would be Hong Kong, but in Hong Kong, all the very rich live up on the hillsides, mm. and of course, in Rio, all the poor live up on the hillside, so that's the great difference. And it gave me a chance to slip in somewhere where nobody really cared what you did and was able to build this uh, enormous sort of palace that rambles everywhere without any planning permission. <laughs> so um, uh, that's how it all started, and that's where we are now. Um, it's uh, become a lot of things. It started off as my painting studio, but it ends up with... Um, a lot of football fans here. Yeah. It's a hotel. It's a jazz club. Of course, you love jazz. You were telling us you, you jazz singer. So tell us a bit about that as well. Well, it's a, that all started accidentally. You know, I just uh, I, I, any excuse for a party, I believe, is uh, what, what, what would prompt that. I just had a, a barbecue with um, with uh, you know a dozen friends of mine, two of whom were, two of whom were musicians, and we started playing and singing and. And the others enjoyed it so much, they said, oh, we must do that again. So the next month we did it, but they all bring, brought two friends with them. So then we were up to 30 people, and I had to have a whip round because they drank all my beer. You know, and then and it, it went exponentially like that by, you know, it was then it was 70 people, and, and now I never get less than 500 people up on a jazz night wow. here. So. Uh, it's, uh, it's doing very, very well, very successfully. And we've... And, and, because it was a, a, like a jam session place, we would have odd musicians just drop in to play with us, and we were okay, because I, mean, I had a jazz band back in England years ago too. Um, but uh, I, and one day, an, a little American guy turns up and says, mind if I join in? And uh, so I said, oh, yeah, could you join? And we, so we all played away, and then when it was his turn, we nodded to him, and we also went, oh. Yeah. Oh, uh, we all looked at each other like saying we've been seriously outclassed you know <laughs> and he, he loved the place so much he was going back to America but he didn't he stayed with us for six months and it really pushed the level of our jazz up pulled it wow. up you know and, um, and now for the last three years we've been in Downbeat's top 100 jazz venues of the world three years running so Fantastic. which is you know and, and you know we we work to keep it that way i mean uh, we, yeah it's good stuff i love your art it's beautiful i mean presumably you sell it you presumably there's a market for i it. do I think the last I, i've got this sort of ratchet device you see i go up and then when when i get a higher price then I, that's then my base level nothing gets sold for more I, the last painting i sold for fifty thousand bucks so oh. that's the cheapest one now so you have to choose between a new car or one of my paintings. <laughs> <laughs> and they, 
I think I've only got one painting in England. I've got loads in America. I've got quite a lot in Germany. And then a few dotted around the world. But that one over there, you see, now is my only football painting. You recognise that's a Fire Nought shirt. And that's because we made a film about a young boy who got out of a, a home riddled with bullet holes and all, a young kid sent him over to Holland. He did well. He played for Fire Nought, then uh, 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 Ajax, you know. And now he's in... Uh, He's in a Hungarian team in Budapest and uh, only been there a year and he got voted Player of the Year in Hungary. So, uh, What brought you here uh, and, what, and what made you stay, Bob, in Rio? I, I got brought to Brazil completely accidentally. Was, when my, my, my marriage in England broke up, I was, I was broken up and I just went down to Southampton Dock said, is there a ship going anywhere? Um, I want to leave. And they said, there's one going to Ecuador. So I got on it and with a couple of... I even left one of my cases on the docks. I was so distraught. And um, so we, I came across to, down the coast. We were coming here to, get, to go round and round the horn to, uh, to uh, Ecuador. Uh, but uh, we never got to Guayaquil because the ship broke down, limped into <laughs> the port of Salvador. And I got round to have a look around and... Uh, I thought, what a funny city. Why are all these men dressed up as women? <laughs> and, and I didn't know it was the first day of carnival. And, um, you know, so I got a cab to find a... in a cab to try and find a... like a B&B &B like here. Then I came down to Rio two months later because I realised you can't... Salvador's lovely. Can't, work, can't live there, though, because, I mean, you say the word work and people faint, you know. They, <laughs> they've got to be about the laziest people in the world. But um, came down to Rio, which is the perfect place. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, people get down to it, you know. They're pretty hard-working people. Really the friendliest people you'll find anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. And I've travelled around the world a lot, you know. The best, most friendly people you find anywhere are right here. Yeah, your, your background's an interesting one. You were uh, an artist, musician, uh, cameraman in film and TV, and you did a lot of different things. Um, it's a, it's a quite an amazing life, really, that sort of led you ultimately here, a sort of hotel here and occasional jazz singer. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you've only got one life. You might as well do a bit of everything and have a good, good, good bit of fun. I think the, the trick is to only do what you love and ignore anything else and, and hope people give you some money, which in my case has turned out a treat. Mm. Um, I mean, I love painting, I love writing, I love singing, I love playing. I'm, I'm at my fine old age of 71. I must be the oldest trumpet student in the world. <laughs> and... Um, and uh, and I love building because it's it's like as you know I was I was studied sculpture at art school and this is a work of sculpture really that uh, you walk in and out of and and um, uh, so I, I say I do everything I love and somehow get away with it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. There we are, Martin Ziegler there from uh, the time. So there we are. Not not much is going to change despite the no. allegations <laughs> and uh, off to Qatar in twenty twenty two by the sound of it. Yes, yeah, so sorry, and no yeah, great feel surprise. Feel free to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know we've got a delay, but it's not a quite as biblical as that. <laughs> I, didn't know, I couldn't think of anything to say. Oh, okay, <laughs> fair enough. 20, I mean, I 20 years. <laughs> well, that takes finally some happened. There's not even a letter to out. the star. <laughs> He's finally run out of things. Finally run I out haven't. of things. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was uh, this afternoon's truncated show. Fingers crossed we're back with you tomorrow from uh, one for the full three hours. 
Uh, in the meantime, thanks for listening and stay safe. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.